it's good to um good to participate in communion and and i'm really conscious that uh here in this room it's a lot of work and a little bit of stress but it's a massive blessing and i realize that for all of you guys you're not here um, but that day will come i pray you're being blessed in your homes as well I want to start this morning's message, uh, and I just realised it's very odd. I'm used to speaking to a camera, which I am, but it's a congregation. It's a small one, but it's a congregation, so uh, I'll try and look at you guys as well. Um, it's 15 months of staring at a camera. It's very odd. Um, I want to start this morning with a question of, do words have power? Do words have power? And I think it's kind of one of those... It's not that difficult to answer, really. You ask anybody who's been um, insulted or anyone who's been trolled on the internet. Um, at the moment, there's a, uh, I think, a um, legal procedure going through in America in the, the US Select Committee about did Donald Trump's words carry power to incite Capitol Hill? They're debating that question. If you're an Olympian right now in, the, in an empty stadium without anybody to cheer your name on, I think, you know, it starts to answer the question, do words have power? If you think about Martin Luther King... Junior's speech about I have a dream. You know, when we think about the words have power, I think the answer is, of course they do. You know, it's not that, that difficult. I suppose a better question for this morning is, can words have supernatural power? Can, can words carry supernatural power? And in the enlightened world we live in, if you ask most people on the street that question, they would think you're slightly barking mad, really how words that we speak can have some supernatural power. But I want to wonder about the question, that, that can the words that we speak actually change things in the spiritual realm? And so this morning I want to speak about um, the idea of the power of blessing. And this idea that special words carry supernatural power. Bizarre, really, and the idea that special words carry in supernatural power. It's the sort of thing you'd expect to hear out of Harry Potter. You know, this idea that, that we can say some special words and they would carry supernatural power. Well, this is about blessings, and blessings are a big thing in the Bible. I did a little word search. I didn't search for every word. I got a bit of software to do this for me. But, you know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the word blessing or blessed is said 422 times. That's a big amount of times in the Bible. In the New Testament, it said 122 times. Blessing is a, a big thing, but also blessing can mean different things. And so I had a little look up on, um, on uh, the internet, on the, um, some resources around what can blessing mean. I wonder if you know these things. So it can mean, when we use the word bless, it can be um, some kind of divine or supernatural reward or aid. So we would say things like, we've been given a blessing. Some of you texted me in some of your blessings. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. Blessing can also just be used in common language to just mean good luck, good fortune, a coincidence. Anything good that happens, we could call a blessing, whether it was by design or by accident. Um, maybe just something that people are glad of. You know, we say um, that break in the weather. You think about when the weather was really hot the other week. It was just so oppressive. And then the rain came. We go, oh, that, that rain was such a blessing. It might be the meal we say, uh, the, the prayer we say before a meal we call the blessing. It's used in these different ways. Some people talk in the workplace about we can't start this project without the boss's blessing. And I don't know if you know this, but did you know the plural of unicorns is a blessing of unicorns? But I want to give a particular meaning to the word blessing because it's used in, in different places, in different ways in our language. There's a specific 
reason. I had to catch myself there. Did I say Pacific or specific? I think I said specific. I didn't do a Joey there. Um, a specific meaning, which is a pronouncement that invokes divine aid. There's two really key words. This idea of invoking, making something happen, and divine meaning about God. So we're thinking more, this isn't just like positive thinking. This isn't like the universe giving us good stuff back. We are, we're talking something quite specific here. It's more than just encouraging people. Sometimes people bless people in the loosest way by saying, you know, I hope that job interview goes really well, or you've got it, or you go girl, or, you know, all these positive stuff. We're meaning something so much more than that. We're not talking about, in the world we look at blessing and go, well, when you put someone in a positive mental state, they kind of, they're more optimistic and therefore they, you know, it's like self-fulfilling prophecy, the world would say. I'm not talking about that. I want to just be radical Christians who actually believe that the words that a human being can say can change things in the supernatural realm. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. We might as well go for it, right? There's no point being middle of the road and lukewarm. If we really believe this stuff, I want us to know this morning that the Bible tells us that the words that we speak, some special words that we speak, can carry supernatural power. And so whether the world sees us or not, the Bible takes it really seriously. And when God blessed Abram, that's one of the first bits in the Bible, there's a few blessings before that, one of the big blessings was when God blessed Abraham. And when God blessed Abraham, he spoke about it like he'd made a firm commitment. It wasn't just some nice words that God spoke, it was a firm commitment to Abraham. And it was so firm that not only Abraham, but his children, his children's children, and the generations afterwards clung to that promise because God said he would do something. He blessed. And that was something that you could take to the bank. If you remember the story, I don't know if you know the story at all, but when, when Isaac goes to bless Jacob and Esau and there's this kind of bit of scheme and a mischief goes on that makes him give the blessing that was meant for Esau, he gives it to Jacob. When Esau comes along and says, well, where's my blessing? It's so powerful, the blessing is, that Jacob couldn't just undo it. He couldn't go, oh yeah, I've got a second one. It was like, no, I've given it. It's already gone. I've already given my blessing. It's a language and a concept that is alien to us, I think, in our society. We don't realise this, but this is throughout the Bible when he takes it really seriously. And so true blessings are so much more than we think they are. It's so much more than it was blessing that I had son on my wedding day or that the, um, we got a car parking space when it was difficult. I mean, they're great things. They're great kisses from God. But I'm talking about, like, bigger stuff than that because true blessings from God aren't these temporary things they are something so much bigger they are they have something that's beyond the temporary they're eternal they have they have long lasting nature to them in Genesis 12 2 this first promise that God gives this blessing he gives to Abraham let me read it to you it won't come up on your screen he says I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing this is like bigger it's not just you're going to have a good day tomorrow, Abram. It's like, I'm going to make you a great nation. When God blesses, he does it in a big way. And so I want to talk this morning about a special, somewhat well-known blessing. Whether you knew it was in the Bible or not, you'd have heard it. And it's from Numbers chapter 6, 22 to 27. And let me read this to you from Numbers 6, 22 to 27. And I'm reading from the ESV. And it says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron. And his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. 
you shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they should put my name on the people of Israel and I will bless them. There's something really special going on in this passage. There's a special blessing spoken by special people from a special God. This special God, I love this. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't notice this until I went to study this. I've heard this, this, these verses so many times. I've heard the song so many times. But I didn't realise until I went to study that he says, May the Lord bless you three times. It's like the Trinitarian God is speaking. And, and it almost lines up with the character of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, the Father, bless you and keep you. And hold you like a father holds you. May the Son shine his light Shine the face of his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. The grace that Jesus extended on the cross of paying for our sins, this may the Lord be gracious to you, is speaking of the Son. And this thing about may the Lord give you peace. That, that dove that descends like, you know, like the Holy Spirit, this peace that comes upon us. I just love this. I never really realised that until I so kind of went back to it. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Even back in the Old Testament, there's these kind of images of the Trinitarian God. And I wonder if you caught this last sentence in that verse, in, in verse 27, where it says, So they shall put my name upon them, and I will bless them. The New Living Translation gives it a little bit simpler, a little bit easier to get, and I think it shows some of the power of this. It says, verse 27 in the New Living says, Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Whenever Aaron blesses them, I will bless them. That, I know you, you need to stop and think about that. That is powerful. He's saying that, Aaron, when you speak out to these people, then I will act. This isn't God acting first and then Aaron saying it. It's Aaron speaking and God says, when you put my name upon the people, when you bless them, then I will act. So even though it's spoken by a human mouth, in this case Aaron, it causes God to move. That is, that's far out, I've got to tell you, that is not what we, we think about our prayer life of asking God to move, but God is saying, in this special place of a blessing, when the human voice speaks, God moves. So we're not asking God to do something, we're declaring that God will do something. That should shift your brain a little bit. You know, it's, it's mediating, standing in the middle on God's behalf. That is really powerful when you stop and think about it. And, and, and then you start to realise there's real power in blessing. This is a special prayer, not spoken to God, but spoken for God. I don't know how, I mean, I don't, I'm, as I started to study this and think about it and step into it, I'm like, I don't do that often enough. It's great to pray to God, but how do I speak for God? Do I do that often enough let's be clear this this blessing isn't from me it's from god it's not karma it's not luck it's not the universe giving stuff back and all this sort of stuff this is about god he will receive the glory he will receive the honor and the recognition if i had a gift that i wanted to give to someone i've got these people in this room here so if i had a gift that i wanted to give to Sai, but Sai is not here sam is here and so i've got like a gift i want to give and i give sam the gift and say can you pass this on to Sai? When she gets home and he opens the gift, if he likes it, who's he going to thank? 
Not Sam, she's just the mediator. She's just the one who passes it on. The giver of the gift gets the glory. And so we just need to realise that we, God is calling us to be the mediator of God's gifts to people so that he will receive the glory. Not us, not what we're doing. 1 Chronicles uh, 29.11 says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory and the majesty. Yours, O Lord, is that. These are all yours, God. You get the glory. Everything in heaven and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honour come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. Do you get this picture? That God is not only receiving the glory, but he is the, he's the originator of everything. And so all good things come from him. So all blessings come from God. We are able to bless others because he has given good things. So it's a special blessing from a special God. But what about this special people? You can read this and go, hang on, Anna. This was back in Numbers. This was what Aaron was told to do. He had a special place. Am I special? Is that a privilege that I get? I mean, Aaron had this specialness, but not about me. Well, I want to tell you, this idea of blessing and being an instrument of God's blessing, being a mediator, being able to speak for God, is a, is a privilege that you and I get as believers. This act of blessing is no longer limited to Abraham or to his sons or to Aaron. It is for us. I'm just going to read you three quick scriptures just to tell you how this comes alive these are from three different places in 2 corinthians 1:20, it says for all the promises of god find their yes in him they're talking about jesus all these promises all these blessings that's why it's though so that is why it is through him we utter our amen to god for his glory all these promises when you look in the old testament promises and blessings they're all yes in jesus and we're in jesus we're in the new covenant. All those promises and those blessings are for us. Secondly, in Galatians 3, 13 to 14, makes it even clearer. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to Gentiles. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. It's linking this thing that says these promises for Abraham through Christ are ours. And Abraham was the instrument of blessing for others and we are the instrument. We're not just the receivers, we're the givers, we're the mediators. And Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So I want to tell you, it's not just for special people. You are special. You are a chosen people by God. So this means something for us. This means that we get to do some things. Firstly, it means we get to bless those around us. What a privilege. What a privilege we've been given this gift to bless those around us. Throughout history, in the Word of God, you see this flow. Blessings come from God, right back at the very beginning of the Bible, then through mediators, then finally through us to others. So from almost all of history, God blessed people through mediators, through people that God said, you are there to bless others. He did it through Abraham, he did it through the patriarchs, he did it through priests and kings and prophets, and then he did it through Jesus. Jesus comes as the fulfilment for all of that, and then he gives us the charge. 
He gives us the calling. You know, God's pattern from Abraham onwards was always that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. I can't claim credit for this next phrase, but I loved it. I think it says so much. I might say it a few times this morning. We are a river, not a reservoir of God's blessings. We're a river. Just picture that. Just take a moment and just picture that. Just think, think where you see a reservoir where the dam's there and all the water's building up. That is not who we are. We're not there to accumulate God's blessing upon our lives. We are a river. A river of God's blessing for it to flow through us. That is the pattern. And it means that our words that we speak have so much potential. If we are this river, we're either a river for great fresh water that nourishes or we're a river for polluted water that damages people. Again, the Bible says so much, I'll just pick on three quick scriptures, that says so much about the words that we speak. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. I don't know if that's ever been your experience. Someone says a kind word, an encouraging word, an uplifting word. They bless you. These gracious words are like honeycomb, soothing to the soul. And Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. But a good word makes him glad. There's moments where you're having a flap. You have that fear overcoming you. You have anxiety. And someone puts their arm around you and says a kind word. It makes us glad. So, you know, we get this privilege to bless others. And our words have great influence. And, and, I don't, and again, up the bar here, not just... I'm not saying, oh, well, I am saying speak nice words, of course I am, but I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying be nice to people and give them compliments and say you're great and I love you and, you know, you'll do really well. I'm, I'm meaning let's up the bar. Let's give blessings to people. Spoken blessings bring hope and encouragement and they testify to God's love because when you speak a blessing, not just a compliment, not just an uplifting, encouraging word, when you speak a blessing, you connect the person you're blessing to God. When you say something nice, you can do it. I love you. Or you're great. Or you know, you'll do wonderful in that job or whatever. You connect you to them. When you bring God's blessing, you connect them to the eternal. You connect them to the almighty. There's this chap called Dallas Willard that some of you may have heard of. Some of you may not. But I loved what he said here. He says this. He says, you can bless someone when you will their good under the invocation of God. You invoke God on their behalf. You bring God to the table. You, you bring God to the table. You invoke God on their behalf to support the good that you will for them. This is the nature of blessing. It's what we, it is what we are to receive from God and then give to another. Now we need to deepen that just a little bit because it isn't just a verbal performance. He goes on to say, it isn't bless you, said through gritted teeth, I don't know if you ever said that, bless you, through gritted teeth, bless you. It's a generous outpouring of our whole being into blessing the other person. So among other things, you won't want to hurry a blessing. It becomes a habit that we say thoughtlessly, God bless. Well, that's better than a lot of other things we could say, but we want to be able to put our whole self into our blessing. That is something we need to be thoughtful about. We don't need just to rattle off a blessing. It's profoundly personal 
and a powerful act. And don't get me wrong, saying bless you to someone is great, saying have a great day is great, but we are trying to step deeper into this thing of actually invoking God's best upon people, blessing them, bringing the blessing of God upon them. So who are you going to do that to? Who are you going to bless? You get the privilege. You're a mediator from God. You get the blessing. It's like I've given you the gift that you can give to others. God has given this gift of being able to bless others. And who are you going to bless? And a great thing nowadays, you can do it in a text. You can do it in a spoken voice message on WhatsApp. You can phone someone. You can video call them. You can go around the house. You can put it in a card. You can bless people. And don't pull your punches. You know what I mean by that? Uh, so, so when you step into this blessing stuff, it feels weird because you realise you're speaking on behalf of God. So what we do is we half do it. And we say things like, I really pray, pray that you're blessed. That's lovely, but it's not a blessing, right? A blessing is when you say to someone, God bless you. Oh, may God be with you this week. May he give you everything you need for this week. May you know God's presence in that place. You're speaking on behalf of God. You're not just saying, I really hope you have a good day. You're saying, may God do this. And when you bring the blessing of God on someone, you connect to something supernatural. Our words have supernatural power. And so we get to bless those around us. And you need to think about who you're going to bless this week, this day even. Don't pull your punches. Don't say, I pray God blesses you. Speak a blessing over them. Speak this blessing that we read from Numbers over them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We save it for dedications. I'll hold a baby and speak a blessing over them or a wedding. But you get to bless people every day of the week. You get to do that. And secondly, we get to do something else. We don't, not only just get to bless those around us, we get, oh dear, we get to bless those who curse us. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Blessing those who curse us. Now, this is where the fun starts. You know, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So when someone does you wrong, you don't get to get back at them. That's not the way it works. You don't get to retaliate. But you get to bless. I mean truly bless. I don't mean that bit where you're on the, um, the Critter's Corner Junction, and then you're in the right lane, but some what's-it is in the wrong lane, and he knows in the wrong lane, he's going to cut in front of you. And as he cuts in front of you, and you knew he was wrong, you go, God bless you! I don't mean that. I mean to bless people, especially those who do us harm. Especially those that are against us. Especially those that have got it in for us. Especially those who want to undermine us or backstab you or whatever. If there's a nemesis in your life, God says you get the opportunity to bless them. You know, Jesus is our model through us throughout the New Testament. You know, he blesses those who are going to reject him. He heals those who are never going to thank him. He breaks bread with someone who's going to betray him and someone who's going to deny him. As Jesus, do you see, Jesus lives this life of, of blessing. And then he tells the disciples this. He tells them this in Luke chapter 6, 27 to 28. He says, but to you who are willing to listen, that's, that's a fascinating view. You, you know, it's, it's like I'm saying, look, if you really want to listen, I want to say this to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. That's, that's a big challenge, isn't it? Because I know when that happens to me, my first reaction is not to bless them. It's not. And, and the world around us would say, you know, cut them out of your life, you just choose the friends you have around you, or, or you know, 
getting back on Facebook, write some thing, you know who your friends truly are, dot, 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 you know, right? Or, you know, but, but, but the Bible, and Jesus says, if you're willing to listen to this, it's like Jesus got his followers around him and going, look, I know you keep listening to me, but if you really want to listen carefully, listen to what I'm really saying. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, it's fascinating. If you read the New Testament or read the Gospels, Jesus says lots of things. And then you read the letters of where Paul and Peter and James and others, you know, were giving teaching to the church. They don't repeat everything Jesus said. That doesn't mean they don't disagree with what Jesus said, but some things stick. Some things they really keep having to drive home. This is one of those ones they don't ignore. This is one of those ones that didn't just get left to be held in the Gospels. They carry on saying it. In Romans 12, verse 14, it says, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. That is, that's like, the, that's like you know, Paul, when he wrote Romans, he's didn't, he wasn't around here in Jesus. He was in the Jewish area, you know, against Jesus. He gets to hear the teachings of Jesus, and he repeats that to the Romans, the Christians in Rome, saying, bless those who persecute. And don't forget, the Christians in Rome were under persecution. They were being tortured, killed, fed to lions, all manner of things. And he's saying, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. He says it again in 1 Corinthians 4.12. He says, we work wearily with our own hands to earn a living. We bless those who curse us. We're patient with those who abuse us. And so again, I just want you to ponder. Who's really getting you down? Who's really getting to you? Who is against you? Who's running you down? Who is winding you up? Who brings out that reaction in you? Jesus says, bless them. Don't curse them. Don't wish them ill. Bless them. And this is such an easy thing for me to preach about and so difficult to do. So difficult to do. You know, when you try blessing someone who is against you, and I mean like, don't just say it in your mind, there's so much powerful about speaking it out, it's like the words get stuck in your throat because you don't want to speak this blessing upon them. But when you do, and when you start practicing this, I can guarantee you two things will happen. God will bless them. In his wisdom and in his way. So I've seen us do this in prayer meetings where we've prayed about the persecuted church. We've heard about beheadings that are taking place in, in parts of the world where um, other religious faiths or extremists are against Christians. And we've prayed for those who are persecuted, but we've prayed for the persecutors. And we've prayed for the blessing of God. May they come to know you, Jesus. May they experience your grace. May they know the forgiveness of Jesus. May their lives be transformed. We speak a blessing. And God works in his way. And a second thing occurs. Not only does God do the blessing, because we're invoking God, we're speaking God's blessing on people. And don't, don't do a, a weird blessing. We're like, Lord, bless them with knowing how bad they are. and that they know that's not a blessing, right? That's just you want to get back at them, right? Bless them with God's goodness. And the second thing occurs, that God will change you. In his wisdom and in his way, he changes us. And you get to demonstrate a different way of life than the world around us understands at all. It does not know this. It does not know this way of life of blessing those who curse us. So we get to bless others. We get to bless those who curse us. And the third thing we get is we get to see blessing through God's eyes. You know, at the start of the service, I asked people to send me in some pictures of a blessing. Um, I didn't get any pictures. Uh, Dave sent me a little um, 
uh, like a, a meme, but no one sent me any photos. But people sent me some words in, so I want to speak these out. Actually, uh, sorry, I'm wrong. Karen, Karen sent me a picture of a dog, but I'm just not going to risk the technology with the WhatsApp photos right now, right? So Karen sent me pictures of our dogs. That's a blessing for her, and I, I know they're, well, they're a blessing to me as well, but that, they have been a real blessing to Karen. Others wrote me some words, so... Um, I mean, actually read it off my WhatsApp because it be a more accurate. So Ros sent me um, some words. And, uh, you know, feeling blessed by, continually good, by continuing good news about Hannah and Alex's baby. That is an amazing blessing. And feeling blessed about my nephew James's brilliant recovery from surgery. That is such a lovely blessing. Uh, Wendy said, Diane, Bev and Oz have been a real blessing to me. Praise God, you're amazing people. Vivian said, Wendy is such a blessing. She's so good at keeping in contact with people, showing love and care, encouraging people to share prayer needs, remembering to pray, and reminding us all of what we need to be praying for too. And this is just one of the reasons why I call her Wonderful Wend, because she is. These are all amazing blessings. They are. But I want to broaden your definition of blessing to more than we think it is. And it's so obvious, really, because Jesus speaks this in what we call the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. He gives a definition around blessing that doesn't negate all those wonderful things, but it says there's more to it than this. He says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Oh, oh I need, yeah, Sam, can you get me on to part two and then we'll be fine. Lovely, thank you, Sam. So Luke chapter 6, verse 20 says this. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. Jesus takes this blessing concept and broadens it. And he says, blessed are you who are poor. He says, I want, I want you to know riches from heaven. When there is a time of poverty and poor, that doesn't mean we want to, we want to help the poor. We want to pray that people get out of poverty and we want to bless them through food bank and other things. But Jesus says, when you are poor, I want you to know the riches of God. For yours is the kingdom of God, he says. Blessed are you who are hungry now, because I want you to feast on my goodness, he says. For you should be satisfied with me. That's a supernatural thing we don't know. Remember that time when Jesus was hungry and he was with the woman at the well? The disciples go off to get him food and he ministers to her and then he's not hungry when they come back. It's amazing that he says, I've had food that you don't know of. That is a spiritual blessing that God wants people to know. Those who are hungry, yes, we should feed them. This is not some excuse for us not to do good things to help people. But Jesus says, I want you to know, there's a time and a place when you're poor, when you know the riches of heaven, when you're hungry and you know to be satisfied in God, when you weep because you know the comfort of God now and in the age to come, that you can laugh even in the midst of sorrow. Blessed are you when people hate you. 
says, because I want you to see you've got a great reward in heaven, that it's not about being accepted here. It's not about the likes on Instagram. It's not about the adulation. It's about the reward in heaven. He says there's a blessing to be found. You know, and as we read Jesus' description, I think we notice several things. The blessing that Jesus describes isn't shallow. It's not temporary or passing. These are deep things. The idea of being poor and still feeling rich. The idea of being hungry but being satisfied. The idea of being rejected and persecuted and rejoiced in your reward. This is not shallow stuff. Jesus wants to promise deep blessings. This isn't just like good feelings that warm us up for a moment and then fade. These are things that go deep rooted into our character. They're the things that go deep in your gut that just don't shift with circumstances because you know who you are. This is the blessing that God wants. Jesus wants to expand our definition of blessing. So again, I want to ask you, what do you see as a curse that could be God's blessing? Certainly God could use to bless you. What is, what is teaching you patience right now? Teaching you to trust in him, to be long-suffering, to develop that character. What is blessing you that you wouldn't call a blessing? What is demanding that you cling on to God for hope because there's no hope over here? That you're searching the word of God for hope because I've got to have something to cling to. God wants to bless you, but not in the way that you might think. What's driving you to your knees in prayer because I've got to meet with God in this place. I need a breakthrough. What is God doing in you that's giving you a greater empathy for someone else that you can love them and care for them because you've known pain and you can step into their pain? God wants to bless you. You know, God's blessing isn't found in our circumstances. So many of ours are. So many of our things are found in the things around us. But the blessing of God, the deep, true blessing of God is satisfaction in him. This is how it puts in the psalmist. The psalm puts it in the very beginning. First four verses of the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but his delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Man, what does that mean? Its leaf does not wither. How much of our life withers and starts to shrink when the circumstances implode upon us? The promise here is blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of the world and listen to the things that the world runs to, runs to their rhythm, but delights in God because they don't wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked aren't like that. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. And I know for me, when I read this, so many times I look more like the wicked than I do look like the blessed because I'm being blown by the chaff. And I'm withering. And I'm like, am I taking my delight in him? So we get to bless those around us. We get to bless those who curse us. We get to expand our understanding and our definition of blessing. We're going to wrap up, or I'm going to wrap up, and then we're going to have a song. Because I could say this until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> I could teach it and preach it and you know, but I think there's something about experiencing it. Experiencing being blessed. Experience receiving the blessing that people give to us 
I want to encourage you to give blessings to others, to bless those who curse you, bless those around you, give God's blessing, invoke God's blessing upon them. Don't pray to God, well do pray to God, but in this sense, don't pray to God, speak for God. I want to encourage you to do all that. But there's something about experiencing receiving it that you go, wow, words carry supernatural power. This really works. To be blessed by someone, to know someone is standing in the gap, mediating for God. So many times when we are in our darkest places, we can't hear God. We often say, I feel like God's not here at all. And someone can be a mediator in that situation and speak God's blessing in. And you see them in front of your face. You can't see God. You don't know where he is. and The word is dry to you. But someone mediates and they step in and they say, God bless you. God hold on to you in this dark time. May wrap his arms around you. They are God incarnate in that place to speak in. That is what we get to experience. And so we want you to experience that this morning. I don't know about you, throughout 2020, not so much this year, but throughout 2020, I watched the blessing video on, on YouTube, the UK blessing. You can watch all manner of them, but for me it was the UK one. I watched that video so many times, so many times. Not just because I like the song, but I'm like, I, would, I can visualise now, I'd be on my knees in Nick's room where you, you know, do my quiet times in the morning, and I'd put the, the, the YouTube video on my phone and just watch people's faces looking at me saying, may the Lord bless you. May his favour be upon you. And they're not even there. They recorded it like six months ago, right? But the blessing of seeing a face speak on behalf of God saying, may his favour be upon you. He is for you. He is for you. I'm like, I, tell, I, I would weep. It encouraged me so much. I heard those words, may his favour be upon you for a thousand generations, so many times. And I'm like, yes, God wants to bless and he wants to build a legacy and he wants to do more than just my generation. He wants to do it through more. And so there'll be a bit of kerfuffle. I'm going to get the band, if you guys get up on the stage. Because we want to bless you today. We want to bless you. And we want you to receive the blessing. And you'd have heard this song many times. You might have even watched the video I'm talking about and seen smiley faces. You know, Martin Smith's on there and my good friend Mikey Powell's on there and Tim Hughes is on there. But, but this morning, you're going to get people you know smiling at you, saying, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. These are people who love you. Dave said this morning that he's in the room with his family and he means that virtually as well. You guys at home, we can't see your faces. But you are our family too. And so be blessed this morning. And, and when you've been blessed, go be a blessing. Because we're a, a river of God's blessing, not a reservoir. Do you remember that bit? So as you're blessed this morning, as you're uplifted and encouraged, and I really believe you're going to be, even if you haven't been already, but I really believe in this next song you're going to be blessed. Don't be a reservoir. Don't just hold it. Don't just go, wow, I feel so great. Be a river. 